Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday the 13th of May. You're here on Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Moore on this lovely sunny, although a bit hazy day. I've heard there's a bit of pollution out there as well. So um, there you go, listeners. We don't always say it's a beautiful day That's out right. There. We like to announce the, te- the weather, the, the daily weather by personal temperature gauge. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Well, I always wake up uh, to hear the – that's the first thing I hear on, on the radio. But um, as a cyclist. It's important, Giselle. Anyway, I'm sure people are not here to listen to Asia Pacific Currents brought to you. Didn't you say? Did you say that? I, I absolutely did. Oh, yes, Your yeah. statement was, "I'm sure people aren't here to listen to," and then you said Asia Pacific <laughs> Currents. So, I think people are here to listen to uh, Asia yeah. Pacific Currents. What they're not here to listen to is us having a fight on air. But you know, who knows? We do it every week. We do have a. Uh, um, a important show for you today in the second part of the program where uh, we're covering the um, Palestinian prisoner hunger strike, uh, which continues and is up around 1,600 prisoners now participating in it. So a lot more have joined in solidarity. Um, and of course, I don't know if people saw that the Israeli government put out some statements supposedly undermining the leader of that campaign, claiming that he has been eating food and that kind of thing. It really does demonstrate how much pressure this particular hunger strike is putting on the Israeli government and the administration there. That's right. And if you want to know, um, so we'll be listening to an interview with uh, Hassan Barghouti, who's the director of the Democracy and Workers' Rights Centre. Um, and um, just one point to make, that interview was actually done on uh, last uh, Tuesday, a few days ago. So he'll be talking about uh, like the 22nd day of the strike, etc., etc. We're actually up to a month, 28 days now. But uh, Giselle, those contact details for Australia Asia were cullings before we get into the mini news uh, up Update for the for the week. That's right. If you do want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms. You can ring us on nine double six three seven two double seven, and of course, you can email us at aawl at aawl.org.au. Fantastic. And uh, we'll go straight to the first news item, which is actually just a, a very quick update on the Palestinian um, hunger strikers, which um, uh, just overnight the news came out that a, uh, a solidarity protest in Palestine was actually shot dead because there are continual uh, solidarity protests in Palestine and around the world for the hunger strikers. But there's also news that as the um, strikers are entering the fifth week, the Israeli government, there are some signs that they are open to negotiations. So we'll just see what happens because this is the first sign they've, uh, they've given that there might be a um, glimmer of hope. In Iraq last weekend, unknown gunmen kidnapped seven anti-corruption activists in the middle of the night from the Bab el-Sharqi district of central Baghdad. All the men were involved in organising the anti-corruption demonstrations that have regularly taken place in Baghdad since mid-2015. These demonstrations have numbered in the hundreds of thousands but have also faced repression in the streets, with many injured and killed. 
Social activists believe that these kidnappings are meant to act as a deterrent and to send a message to opposition activists. Of course, we know it is... uh, after Iraq, probably one of the most dangerous parts of the Middle East in which to be an activist. That, that's right. And uh, when I read that, uh, I, I, I did actually think, I said, oh, I wonder if they're still alive. But um, let's hope so. We now um, do a bit of a jump. We go to Thailand, where the uh, military junta in Thailand is finding that opposition to its rule is continuing to spread as disillusionment with its autocratic measures and rule increases. This week, uh, news has surfaced that six people have been recently charged with Les Majest for a wide variety of alleged crimes. Not content with applying the Computers Crime Act or issuing edicts against specific people's use on social media, the generals are now pressuring Facebook to block over 100 Facebook pages from being accessed within Thailand. So obviously the noose is tightening in Thailand. In Indonesia, the leader of the local trade union for the Coca-Cola bottling company Amatil in Bawan, central Java, he has been summarily dismissed in a blatant anti-union move. This follows the workers' successful campaign that began in late 2016 to unionise and register their union. This case is very similar to what the Coca-Cola workers in Jakarta in uh, Sibitung area in West Java have faced in the last two years. They also managed to organise and register their own plant union, but the company immediately harassed the organisers and was able to sack the main union leader. You know that Coca-Cola has a long history worldwide of smashing um, unions and actually participated in a massive murderous campaign in Colombia, um, actually just murdered hundreds and hundreds of um, unionists in that country to break the union. That's right, and uh, obviously the the fight back needs to uh, continue and to grow. Uh, now we stay in uh, Indonesia, where um, there's a major strike happening right now. More than ten thousand mine workers at the huge Freeport Makmoran copper and gold mine in Papua Province of Indonesia have gone on strike. The dispute centres around job security. Already, the company has sacked one hundred and seventy-eight workers, with the announcements that another hundred and twenty will also soon be fired. Now, um, the the dispute is shaping up to be as bitter as the one in 2011 as um, that I remember covering it quite extensively on this program and as people will remember cost the lives of a number of workers and lasted uh, months and uh, that strike was all about um, uh, getting a living wage it was a incredibly brave uh, strike that one there are now calls in Indonesia to nationalize the mine so um, that could be a uh, positive sign we're moving now to South Korea. Some of you that follow uh, the situation there will have heard that recently, in the last week, um, uh, what's being called a left-wing presidential candidate was elected, and that's President Moon Jae-in. Um, and he is a part of the Minju Party of South Korea, or the leader of that party. Um I am still talking to comrades in South Korea to actually understand or or to um, support an analysis of what this actually means for the labour movement. There's definitely a a progressive thing, I think, given that um, I've mentioned a number of times on this program that um, the Korean labour movement is literally in the fight of its life. The 
brand of work choices, much, much worse than work choices, is what they're facing. The government, the um, Park government, was absolutely committed to destroying them. Of course, she was impeached. She's in prison now. So it, it, we, we will bring you stories in the coming weeks about um, how the Labor movement is interpreting this victory. But for now, I did want to read you a couple of things. So Sharps, Sharps is... Um, the health and safety um, organisation around Samsung in particular, we brought you a number of stories about um, the campaign for justice for Samsung workers that have acquired brain injuries and tumours and all manner of things from the health and safety practices in those Samsung factories. They put out a statement letting us all know, just prior to the electoral victory of President Moon Jae-in, they sat down and had um, some conversations with the Minju Party of South Korea to agree on a policy framework aimed at resolving the occupational disease cluster of Samsung Electronics. This is one of the most critical milestones in 10 years of advocacy, campaigning for more than 200 former Samsung employees contracted um, with a variety of these blood disorders. So a massive breakthrough in that campaign um, uh, in the context of a massive wave of protests that resulted in the impeachment, as I said, the impeachment of President Park and the election of President Moon Jae-in. The KPTU, that is the Public Service Union, they've also put out a statement. They're saying um, that they're interested too in negotiating with... um, President Moon, um, and particularly they're calling for democratic reforms to the public sector. Their statement's a bit stronger. They're demanding that the new government should begin with implementation of a 10,001 minimum wage, um, repealing the public sector performance-related pay policy that came in under the previous government, um, and introducing regularisation of the status of precarious employee, uh, precariously employed public sector workers. They're also seeking dialogue, as I said, with the new government and continue to fight to expand labour and democratic rights. Um, the... So we, as I said, I'm going to speak to these comrades in the coming weeks and hopefully bring a more thorough analysis of what's happening in South Korea. Yes, certainly um, a very important area to... Um to look further and we go to our last item for the week which uh, we come to Australia and um, specifically about Aboriginal rights and also about the Adani coal mine that uh, most people in Australia would know about it. The Australian government last week tried to fast track changes to the Native Title Act that would make it easier to register Indigenous land use agreements with only a majority of claimants agreements rather than all their agreements. Uh, Native Title Act changes the the government uh, declared urgent in February will not pass Parliament until at least mid-June amid a standoff between the major parties. um, This is all about trying to really to split the Indigenous communities, especially if there's opposition to major major mining and other uh, issues on on their land. Representatives of the Wangan and Jagalingu Traditional Owners' Council have stated that the native title is more than mining interest and changes to the law must be about progress in rights and justice for all Aboriginal people. But um, instead we have seen Malcolm Turnbull, the Prime Minister of Australia, on his recent trip to, um, to India to visit Gautam Adani, making it uh, short, um, uh, 
uh, giving assurances that he was going to fix a native title so that the Adani mine would go ahead. Uh, we'll have more news on, on this uh, important issue on our website and mini news. And that's all that we've got um, for you on the Labour up- update here. Uh, we'll go to a community announcement and then we'll be back with the interview with Hassan Barghouti. Australia is a crime scene. It's unfinished business, this crime. People don't understand that it was a military exercise. It was military in the first fleet. It was Captain James Cook. It was Captain Arthur Phillip. Right through the history of Australia, it's a military exercise. Our people have suffered greatly because the white man is not prepared to act honourably and legally. It's still the case in this country today. This is 3CR. It's just on uh, 14 past 9 o'clock here on 3CR Radio. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents, the program of Australia-Asia Worker Links. Earlier in the week, as we've announced, I um, managed to catch up with Hassan Barghouti, who is the Director of the Democracy and Workers' Rights Centre in Palestine. And um, as uh, we said at the start of the program, there is a, um, on ongoing uh, massive hunger strike by Palestinian uh, prisoners. There's 1,500, 1,600 of them. Uh, as I said before, the, this interview was done on Tuesday. So we are talking about um, uh, the strike has been going for 22 days. It's now up to 28 days. Hassan, this is not the first hunger strike by imprisoned Palestinian prisoners. Can you give us the background at how this massive hunger strike came about? and what were the reasons for it? The main reason of this strike nowadays, it's really the Israeli policies adopted from time to time to humiliate the dignity of the prisoner faced and to put a pressure on them and their families just to enforce them to leave the country. First of all, there are many families forbidden from visiting their sons in the prisons since six or seven years. Other families, during 12 or 15 years, they are allowed to visit their sons in the prisons once a year. Second, there is no special and qualified clinics in each prison and there is no qualified doctors to reach the uh, sick people inside the prison all what they have is nurses they give them some medicine without and a special treatment besides that also food for the sick people another thing you know from time to time the Israeli police they invade their rooms 
after the midnight, awake them from their uh, sleep, and start looking inside the rooms. The reason behind just to humiliate them, to annoying them, to make their life more difficult. Another reason, the Israeli, they moved or transfer all the prisoners the prisoner inside Israel and many prisons far away for around four hours, five hours from the parents' houses. So they need around nine hours to go and to return back and they allowed to visit them just for half an hour. You've given a very good picture of uh, some of the conditions that these uh, prisoners have to endure. They are now 22 days into the hunger strike, and we are talking about 1,500 of these prisoners. Are the Israelis putting extra pressure on them now that they're on hunger strike? Yes. First of all, they try isolate many prisoners and put them alone in uh, an isolated uh, cells. They uh, also transfer prisoners from prison to another, another prison, which is more and more far from the place of their lawyers and uh, their family. And also, the last thing, they are uh, now trying to feed them, to enforce them to eat, you know, by the enforcement feed. Uh, and this is very dangerous. Thanks God, because the doctors' trade union in uh, Israel refused to feed the prisoners by power. And uh, now the Israeli uh, parliament study to uh, bring doctors from outside. Uh, they are talking about India. Uh, till now, also, none of their lawyers allowed to visit any prisoners. The last thing, also, the false, you know, video they uh, broadcast through the Israeli uh, media show that Marwan Barghouti is eating inside the bathroom, and it's really a joke because we are we know as a prisoner that uh, when you have a hunger strike, there are. There is nothing in your room, nothing in your cell. So from where he gets the food, you know, but they are lying, and this is show that they are in a difficult situation right now. The, what makes the families and uh, our people in general concern is the announcement of many ministers inside Israel, like Ben Arad, who said that there is no more places inside the prisons but we have enough places underground. And other, Bennett, for example, another uh, also minister who said, let them die in their uh, hunger strike. Uh, really, this is it's a fascist declaration. You describe quite a, um, a terrible situation and a disastrous situation for the prisoners and a really uh, hard line by the Israeli government. So how strong is the solidarity from the Palestinians, both within Israel and in the occupied uh, territories, in relation to these hunger strikers? 
You know, you have to know that there there are no house in Palestine who hasn't a son uh, or a husband or a wife uh, who were present before, or they have one right now in uh, prison. So the solidarity really in each house and from house to house and in each village, in each town, in each city, in each refugee camps. And the solidarity, it takes different ways. Some uh, people, they also uh, announce for hunger strike. Uh, Others, they are sitting instead of the Red Cross, you know, and asking them to visit the prisoner and to tell them uh, about their uh, sons, brothers, and uh, daughters' situation and life. And on Thursday, it will be uh, a general strike in all West Bank and Gaza Strip. And it's the beginning. And this is what all the, the Palestinian people have. At this stage, the Israeli government is quite adamant. It's quite, they are quite clear. They are not going to give uh, even one of the very small demands of the Palestinian prisoners. Where do you think the strike is going to go? What do you think is going to happen? I, I believe that the prisoners know well that if they stop their strike without any achievement, it means their end. No more to talk about dignities or rights. And also it will be really uh, difficult, more difficult for their families to communicate with them or to visit them. So I believe it's really uh, a decision that no way to stop our strike and there is a slogan, there is no difference between this and this life in this prison without any human rights. So I, I don't believe that the, the prisoners will stop their strike. And I believe that if the international solidarity uh, escalate and put more pressure uh, on Israel, Israel, at the end, have to negotiate the leaders of the president for their social and human rights demands. It's not a political demands. They don't want. They are not talking about Jerusalem. They don't want to. Uh, they, they are not talking about a liberation of Palestine. They are talking about how to communicate with their families, how the lawyers to facilitate the lawyers' uh, visit to their uh, prison. You know, it's uh, just the social and the human rights demand. We can certainly agree with that, Hassan. We have seen the demands and we have published them. They're really just basic human rights of being treated as, as human beings in prison with dignity. And just as a final question, you've mentioned about international solidarity. There has, I have seen there's been a number of events, including some here in Australia and some more are planned. Are the Palestinians, both um, in the civilian population and prisoners, aware of the support that is being generated around the world? You know, one of the things we are doing in our centre, you know, 
really to show the people the solidarity of our sisters and the brothers in all over. And we want, you know, uh, to show them that they are not alone in their uh, fear and just struggle. And also, right now, we don't have an, any kind of access uh, to reach the uh, prisoners. But I believe from their experience, the prisoners believe that our sisters, brothers, comrades in all over, they don't, uh, how to say it, leave them just alone on their uh, fair and justice struggle. Thank you very much, Hassan, for a very clear interview and a very clear explanation of what's going on, although the as you say, the conditions are terrible and the, and the struggle that the Palestinian prisoners is really heroic under incredibly tough conditions. So we can certainly wish you all, all the best and we will do our best to publicize. And to thank you, thank you, and we will be in touch in the future. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. No, we know, no, we know, we know, we Hey, are you wearing the latest 3CR t-shirt this summer? We have a limited number of 40th birthday t-shirts for sale. Designed by local artist Emily Floyd, these awesome Radical Radio t-shirts are available from our studios at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, during business hours. Or you can shop online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. For just $20 or $15 for kids' sizes, you can look great and help 3CR celebrate 40 years of Radical Radio. It's just 26 past uh, 9 o'clock here on 3CR Radio, listening to Asia Pacific Currents, and we're coming up to the end of our program. Just to um, that interview that uh, you just listened to, um, just again to um, to say that it was actually done a few days ago, so the hunger strikers are now on the 28th day of the hunger strike, and that was um, Hassan Bargudi, who is the director of the Democracy and Workers' Rights Centre. Now, before we go, Giselle, you've got a very important announcement. That's that's right. So again, I've spoken a lot about the dispute at Marudi Suzuki in Manasa in India. Um, we brought you that uh, that very detailed interview recently and we posted the, the long version of that on our website. I am really pleased to announce that I've been in touch with... Um, the director of a film called The Factory. This was put out in 2015 and it uh, it travels along the entire dispute from 2011 to 2013 and these workers struggle and fight for their genuine union. We're going to be screening that documentary on Tuesday the 13th of June at Long Play which is at 318 St George's Road in North Fitzroy. This is a fundraiser for AAWL. The details are on Facebook and will be put up on our website shortly. Um, but it is, it's a two-hour documentary. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And if you want to learn more about the dispute, definitely get along to that. Additionally, Jerem Small and myself, the, the two comrades from AAWL that were in India in November last year and met with the Maruti Suzuki workers. We'll be giving a report on that India visit. 
uh, to introduce the film. So do get along to that on Tuesday, the 13th of June at 6.30 at Long Play. And of course, uh, to remember that dispute is not in the past because the workers are still trying to um, get uh, independent labour unions and organise. And of course, there's a number of the uh, uh, workers uh, featured in that film who are serving life sentences for the crime of organising. So that's um, so that's that that's great. So um, keep a lookout for it and hope to see you there. But this is really uh, come to the end of the program. Asia Pacific Currents brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links on your favourite community radio station. 3CR Radio, which of course also Radiothon is coming soon. So uh, get those. We don't talk about pennies anymore. <laughs> talk about dollars. Dollars, my friends. We need your dollars. But uh, you'll certainly hear more about that uh, in the next few uh, few weeks. But Thanks. That does bring us to the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Saturday from 9 o'clock with more news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region. Coming up next is Palestine Remembered, but that's all from me, Giselle Hanna. And me, Pierre Morrow. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.